0: Growth Igniter's Radio, Episode 60, Leading Innovation to Respond to Customers' Changing Needs, a Case Study. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of
1: growth. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated, and with me is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott.
0: Hi, Pam. It's another day in paradise, and I have the pleasure of joining you for growth igniters radio and if this is your first time listening our purpose is to spark new insights inspiration and immediately useful ideas for leaders to take themselves and their companies to their next level of success so pam what are we talking about today
1: a case study of what it takes to lead innovation to respond to customers changing needs Now, it's not always easy to pick up on what is most important to customers as the business environment evolves, which leaves too many companies scrambling to introduce new products and services that are either too late to market or are not really a fit with needs. When you can foster a culture that truly values innovating in a way that is most relevant to customers' new needs, it's a win for everyone. And our guest today exemplifies this. In episode 39, we interviewed Julie Sue Oslander, president and chief cultural officer of the award-winning company C-Subs, about her commitment to consciously shaping her organization's culture as the foundation for growth. Now, C-Subs is a highly successful middle-market woman-owned business that manages subscription programs for leading corporate and professional subscribers. It's one of the few companies that Inc. Magazine has named among its 5,000 fastest-growing companies for more than six years in a row, beginning in 2008— and over the years, both C-Subs and Julie have received many other honors, including being named to the Women's Enterprise list of top business enterprises in the U.S. and receiving the 2015 ACG New Jersey Corporate Growth Award, which is where I met her. In addition to leading C-Subs, Julie sits on the advisory board of the Center for Women and Enterprise and the Leadership Forum for the Women's Business Enterprise National Council, which is an organization of more than 12,000 women-owned companies. You can find out more by scrolling down to Julie's biography on the episode 60 page of growthignitersradio.com. Julie, welcome back to Growth Igniter's Radio.
2: Thank you. The pleasure
1: is mine. Let's get to this conversation because... You've done some amazing things with C-Subs, and we've enjoyed getting to know you and and learn more about this. And increasingly, we hear about these successful companies like, say, BlackBerry that lost their way and staying responsive to their customers' changing needs. Yet your company, C-Subs, continues to successfully innovate and grow. What aspects of your culture particularly reinforce innovation in response to this?
2: You know, Pam, I'm so glad that you see the importance about speaking of culture. It really is the bedrock foundation upon which everything else in the company is built. We can count on change as being constant. And what's happened is that the rate of change, the acceleration of change, has just geometrically moved forward. With that change, we all need a compass to know what direction we're going in. Culture is that compass. So, what companies that have lost their way have done, is that they may have had an original culture, but as the company grew, that culture didn't have baked into it that change was going to happen. But as you grow, culture can't be looked at in such a small way. It has to be looked at in a much larger way that can be successfully applied over many people and a growing number of people and a growing number of processes and a growing number of locations and a growing number of clients for that company.
0: Okay, so your culture has this really central premise to it, the reason for being what Simon Sinek calls your why, and it guides everything that you do, you have done, and you are going to do. So how does this apply to how uh, you all at C-Subs do innovation?
2: Our ability to innovate is an outgrowth of our culture. Without our culture, we would have no North Star from Uh which to innovate. I think that one of the things that happened to companies along the way is that if listening to their clients and listening to their customers, so being customer-focused and employee-centric is not baked into their cultural model, they lose their way because innovation comes from those two aspects. I -hmm. think what some companies and products that we've all had experience with, you're like, how did they figure this out? It doesn't work. You know, people go into a room and innovate. Uh huh. That's, that's not how innovation, I believe, successfully evolves.
0: Yeah, you can't do it in a uh, vacuum at all, no. You can't,
2: and I think that many companies do that. And so- This is a good it,
0: idea, and let's do this, right?
2: That's exactly right. <laughs> so it's one-dimensional. It's one so what I'm suggesting is that from um, a culture where the basis is client and employee focused and centric, innovation will come and it will be meaningful innovation because it's being driven by the people for whom that innovation is being developed.
1: So Julie, when we first met, in fact, you were receiving an award because of the innovation that C-Subs had specifically developed that was enabling you to sustainably grow over at least three years. Can you describe a little bit of what that was so we can get a real feeling for that? So being that C-Subs
2: is, is a technology company, there's a tremendous need for innovation and to continually keep innovating. What we've done at C-Subs is we listen very closely based on our cultural imperatives to our clients and to our employees So our employees are on the front line of taking the temperature of what needs to be done in innovation, and they are reinforced for extracting that from our customers. So with that, we have been managing subscriptions for the last 35 years. We started doing that on index cards. (laughs) Yeah. And now we're doing that on a very sophisticated technological platform. And the reason why that platform that we have is relevant is because it was developed with input from our clients' needs, dreams, and desires, and our employees' interpretation of those. Uh So from working on index cards and fast-forwarding through spreadsheets and file cabinets and other innovation, which were all innovative in their time, we now have this very sophisticated software. Based on our clients' needs, we've developed a product called Clarity because the subscriptions have moved from the physical world to the electronic world, and they have different requirements, constraints, and needs in order to stay within compliance for the use of that material.
0: So the world changes, and it's only through really getting in and interfacing intimately with your customers that you can keep up with those changes and anticipate what's coming next.
2: That's exactly right. And okay. you don't always get you don't always get what's coming next exactly right okay. because it's it's really predictive. Okay. But at least the process of being engaged in those predictions moves you forward in a meaningful way. Sure.
1: Well, that's a good place for us to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Julie Oslander, President and Chief Cultural Officer of c about leading a company that exemplifies forward-thinking innovation. Stay with us.
0: You're listening to Growth Igniter's radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated on the web at businessadvance.com. We enable successful companies to accelerate to their next level of innovation and success. And if you like what you're hearing, spread the good word. Go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 60, and use the share links for Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter at the top right of the page to tell your social media communities all about us. And while you're there, sign up for our weekly alert of upcoming episodes so you'll always be up to date.
1: Welcome back to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Scott and I are talking today with Julie Oslander, President and Chief Cultural Officer of c about how her company's culture supports forward-thinking innovation. Julie, can you tell us how people can reach you and learn more about C-Subs? www.csubs.com on the
2: web. That's C-S-U-B-S.
1: And you can access this also by visiting growthignitersradio.com and selecting episode 60. Getting back to our conversation, one of the things that we often see in a company's journey of growth is that the very things that reinforce a strong corporate culture can hold them back from innovating, such as, uh, say, promotions for people who are most successful at the established ways of doing business. How have you been able to encourage people to step out of their habits and even the productive ones I'm talking about and decide to take new risks that serve your customers even better?
2: You know, Pam, this is just such an interesting question. Um, At C-Subs, we don't experience our culture holding us back. We experience our culture propelling us forward. And I think that that happens because from the very beginning what we value has been baked into our culture and people understand that. And we manage the culture and the people so that it's a living, breathing experience that our employees are interacting with every day and our clients are experiencing in every transaction.
0: I mean, that makes a lot of sense, Julie. I think, though, that the question that Pam was getting at is something that we have seen uh, out there in the world and sometimes with uh, people that we work with and that is people get addicted to success. You know, this worked, and I got rewarded for for this thing that I did, whatever it is, a process, a, a, a habit, and it becomes a habit. And, and it's a positive habit. And it's a positive habit because it really reinforces success. And for a while that works, but as things change, it's sometimes hard for people to let go of what they used to do that worked well and got them Rewards and, and accolades and recognition and latch on to the next thing because and- it
1: feels risky. Yeah. So I guess the question is, how do you help, how do you enable in your culture for people to take risks? Because you clearly do. They're taking these. It feels risky to say the customer needs something new. You have it baked into the culture, as you said. How do you do that? How do you-
2: I think it's interesting because I think, Scott, you hit the nail right on the head. It really is about what you reward. Yeah. We, we reward innovation. So the people at C-Subs don't get rewarded for doing the same thing well. Ah, They're much more highly acknowledged for the new thing that they may have just done good.
0: Okay. So what, I mean, people use the word reward to mean a lot of things. When you say people are rewarded, what does that look like? It's more than just money.
2: That's right. Because money goes and comes. Right. Um, at Csubs, we have a very innovative program for reward. And what we do is we have an employee incentive program. So what uh-huh. we have done is identify the behaviors, habits, desires that are necessary for us to keep innovating. So therefore, it's baked into our culture and baked into the rewards. So the the C-Subs Employee Incentive Program is that our employees get what we call C-Subs dollars for exhibiting, participating, developing what we feel is important and exemplifying that in their behaviors. We reward risk-taking. And so what happens is, Um, they get different amounts of C-Subs dollars for different behaviors. So Uh there's, of course, more dollars associated with um, more complex behaviors. There are more dollars associated with behaviors that bring more change. But at the same point within our culture, it's very important for us that we give back. So when Mm -hmm. our employees do community service, they also get C-Subs dollars. So every behavior that we value within the company has a place in this reward system. And upon accumulating a certain number of C-Subs dollars, the employee can go with their family anywhere in the world, stay at a timeshare and enjoy a vacation on C-Subs. So not only is the employee very motivated, their whole family is out there saying, what'd you do today? (laughs)
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. That's great. And what's really cool about this is this sounds like it's in real time. It's not waiting for a quarterly or yearly performance review. Something good happens. Here's a recognition of that right now.
2: It, it, it's not tied into the the performance review. Is right. separate. So the performance right. review really speaks more as to your citizenship in C-subs. Can we depend on you? Um, you know, what do you what is your engagement as an employee? The rewards program really rewards specific behaviors. Sure. And what happens is, of course, the two are correlated. So people that are not receiving C-Subs dollars and being rewarded don't last within the company. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: we have people that go on vacation every year. Wow. On us. And I am so happy to send them off.
0: Well, good, because they're doing good things for the company and for your customers, and that real-time reinforcement just keeps that virtuous cycle going.
2: And we encourage our customers to reward our employees. So we ask our customers to tell us about the innovation and benefits that our employees have brought to them, and they get rewarded for that as well. And so our customers are very excited about rewarding our employees.
0: Okay, and that's, that's another way of tying into the customer and making sure that you know what they value so mm-hmm. you can respond to that. that. That's really nice.
1: What a great way to encourage innovation. It really is. Innovation, to me,
2: is really a 360 view. It's not a one-way view. Yeah. So it, enc- it encompasses everybody in the process. So it encompasses the employee, it encompasses the client, It encompasses the technology and, most importantly, encompasses our culture.
1: That is fabulous, Julie. We're going to continue this conversation about how other people can do some of these things in their own company, but we're going to take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Julie Oslander, President and Chief Cultural Officer of CSUB. Stay with us.
0: So, Pam. As some of our listeners may know, we speak at events, conferences, and company offsites. Can you tell our listeners why our clients engage us for this?
1: Well, they're seeking new insights for dramatically accelerating company transformation and growth. They're also seeking new leadership insights about themselves, their teams, and their organizations so they can make bold new decisions about strategy and implementation. It's been especially rewarding to find that some of our company offsites have resulted in breakthrough decisions that have generated as much as tenfold growth over five years.
0: So contact us today at businessadvance.com to arrange for a brief call to discuss your needs and options for helping you achieve your most important goals.
1: Welcome back to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with Julie Oslander, President and Chief Cultural Officer of C-Subs, about her company's culture of innovation that anticipates and responds to changing customer needs. Julie, how can people find out about C-Subs? We're on the web,
2: www.csubs.com. Dot com, that's C-S-U-B-S dot com. And we look forward to hearing from you.
1: Okay. And again, you can access this by visiting growthignitersradio.com, episode 60. So let's get back to our conversation. We've really enjoyed hearing about these uh, different ways that you've built into your culture, responsiveness to customers and their new needs, their evolving needs. So let's talk about immediately useful ideas. So as soon as somebody is done listening, they can go back and think about and make some new decisions about uh, things that they could possibly do to reinforce that culture of innovation.
2: I think it's really important that people look at what their culture is and make sure that each person in their organization from the bottom to the top, understand, can tell you what that culture is, and can tell you how that culture impacts what they do, and how they impact the culture. That's the very beginning.
0: You say that, uh, look at your culture, how do you do it? How how can somebody look at their culture and, and find out those things that you're saying that are so important?
2: Well, I think it starts with saying, what is our culture? And maybe polling your constituents, your clients and your employees and asking what is your culture? What is sub's
1: culture? It is hard for people to see it sometimes. That's right. Because it doesn't get talked about. And that's it's right. Not so re- having that discussion is a first place. Yeah. That's the right. First point. That's right. And then rewarding people for participating in that
2: conversation. So explain to people that culture is important. Everybody has one, whether you know it or not, take our culture out of the closet and put it in front of people so that we're all working and rowing in the same canoe.
1: Mhm. You know, it's interesting. I've I've had conversations with people about this and it is fascinating how people don't always look at culture as comprehensively as clearly you do. And that we do too. I mean, I look at it as all the values and beliefs and the practices of which you've exemplified many that have to do with how we conduct business day in and day out. And when you think about it that way, and you've been talking about it that way, it's easier to see.
2: Absolutely. It's the only way to effectively incorporate culture into an organization. Mm -hmm. And there, every organization has a culture, whether you know it or not.
1: Mm-hmm. That's I'll right. You
2: two, I'll give you two very quick examples. Um, I was at an event at a very high-end hotel in New York City last week, and the waiter spilt something on the person next to me and was very uh, concerned about escaping before anybody knew. And I oh, turned dear. to the waiter and said, you just spilt that whole cream thing on the back of this guy's suit. And he just disappeared. Oh, dear. And you contrast that to a restaurant I was in about a month ago, where they spilt butter sauce on one of the people we were with. And they came over, they had a process in place for that. Because it within their culture, because it happens. Uh This This is a this is part of what happens in that business. So you know, instead of trying to sweep it under the table, which is clearly the culture in that big expensive hotel, this restaurant, the manager comes over, And says his piece, comes over with a gift certificate for a free dinner. You don't have to ask.
1: Wow. Um,
2: You know, and that's culture.
1: Yes, it is. Yes, it is.
2: And it's palpable to the person, to the customer who's having that experience. So within both of those organizations, there's a culture. It starts with everybody in the organization because in every way, every day, each person in that company is delivering culture even people right. that are not client-facing. So the people within the organization that we'll call back office, that really just interface with your employees,
0: yeah,
2: are they embodying culture? Are the Absolutely. employees happy to deal with them? Mm-hmm. Do they remind employees of what the culture is? And, and the is values? it the same culture? <laughs> and is it the same culture? So that's yeah. really the point of having everybody contribute to this culture, writing it down in a very public space, having mm-hmm. it up there so people can... Can see it but also talking about it every day in every way
0: and living it and living that
2: culture right and i feel so strongly about it that that is why i assumed the title of chief cultural officer and i believe that you know even though i function in the role of ceo without culture and me holding the culture that c-subs has there would be nothing for me to ceo about
0: as you've got a great point truly. So what's another practical thing that people can do? The first one was absolutely right.
2: Yeah. So the first one is um, to just make sure that everybody's operating under the same culture Mm -hmm. and to have it written down so that people can see it. The second thing that I think is very important, we only succeed at what we measure. Right. Whether it be our weight, our daily steps, our savings, we need to have ways of measuring. So we need to identify what those measures are. So what are we looking at culturally that we Mm -hmm. feel is important? We need to poll everybody within the organization to make sure that they understand what that culture is and can talk to us about how what they do impacts on the culture and impacts on the clients. And then we need to continually measure by doing a 360 review. So Mm -hmm. we are constantly asking each employee and our clients how we are measuring up against our culture. And we get a rating. Yeah. And anything less than 90% is not acceptable to me. Yeah, Ah. and
0: we absolutely believe and agree with you that you get what you measure. To take that a little bit further, you better be measuring the right things because a law of unintended consequences can always come up and bite you. And if you're measuring things that actually don't reinforce the behavior you want, people are going to do things that (laughs) you don't really want them to do. And they may not do things that you may not be measuring, but are really, really important. So you got to pick those things carefully.
1: Mm -hmm. So in this case, the responsiveness is the key. Yeah, and it's not you. The you is not one person. The you is a global constituency
2: of employees and clients. There you go. And the mistake that people make, and that's why the word you I'm a little troubled by, because you implies one person. This is a collective effort. It only mm-hmm. works if each and every person gets it and does it.
1: We agree with you 100%. Julie, so we have two. What's the third thing people can do? I think it's very important that
2: leaders of an organization continually walk through their culture. Uh-huh. And I think that people are very, um, that people have experience with either the concept of undercover boss, the TV show, right. or the secret shopper. And I think that what those uh, bring to light is that what actually goes on is very different than what you think is going on. Yeah. So it's very easy for somebody to think in a management role that they're delivering the culture, but nobody else ha- got the memo. Mm-hmm. So, and it's not this 360 view that I'm talking about, it's a one way look at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, again, I can't reiterate clearly enough and strongly enough that the things that are important to the culture. You know, one of the things that are important to our culture is we get rewarded for making mistakes because mm-hmm. everyone in my organization will tell you that if you fall forward, you're still moving ahead. So we reinforce that and we value that. So it's really important that the cultural aspects that move a company forward and enable them to innovate are baked into the cultural mm-hmm. statement that's developed and that each person in the organization, each person, whether it be the person that, cleans the offices, to the CEO, to the clients, understands. People don't do business with companies. They do business with people. And yeah. it's people that deliver the culture.
0: And by making those decisions to get out there and really figure out what's going and see what's going on and experience it with people, you are uncovering or even eliminating secrets That and unknown things that are happening that can really uh, rise up and and bite you in the ankle. Right. And uh, And I think that that's what happens
2: with the secret shopper or the undercover boss that Mm. people have developed end zones and and workarounds for things that no longer really serve the client
1: and don't serve the employee. But it's the best that they could do because nobody was listening to their needs. That's right. So it's a way to stay in sync with your customers and make sure that everybody's in sync with each other as your company continues to change and grow, as your customers are out there continuing to change and grow. Julie, this has been so helpful and love the examples that you've been giving. Can you leave us with just a thought to keep in mind? What's important
2: gets done. What's measured gets done. And culture is the bedrock and basis for everything that needs to get done, and needs to get measured. So I strongly suggest that you do a 360 view of your clients and employees and understand what your culture is and have each person and every person in your organization be able to articulate what their role is in delivering that
1: culture. Okay, well thank you very much again for uh, being our guest today. You are most welcome. This is always a pleasure. I look forward to the next time. Absolutely.
0: Uh, so do we, Julie. And thank you so much. And thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To check out resources related to today's conversation, share on social media, find out about upcoming episodes, or open a conversation with us, go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 60.
1: Until next time, this is Pam Harper
0: and Scott Harper wishing
1: you continued success and leaving you with this question to think about.
0: What decisions do we need to make that will sharpen our ability to read the changing market and translate that to innovation that matters to our customers?